Welcome to the resource room. I'm Amanda, the blogger and TPTer behind the Primary Gal. As a special education teacher, you are always supporting others, students, parents, general education teachers. But who is supporting you? That's where this podcast comes in. It's my mission to give you the help and support that you need. I'll be sharing my tips, tricks, research-based strategies, and professional development. I'm here to help you grow and learn as a resource room teacher. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Well, hello, hello, and welcome back to the Resource Room Podcast, where today we will be talking all about creating schedules for yourself and your paras. As with pretty much everything on the podcast, I will openly share what I do. I'll share some questions you can ask yourself, some tips that you can maybe do, but schedules especially, there is no one size fits all. There won't be one thing that I can say, do this and it's gonna change your world with scheduling. So I'll share what I do. I have some questions that you can ask yourself and some things that you can do within your building. But beyond that, Schedules are a beast. I also think that a lot of teachers think they are going to create a schedule in August or September when you go back to school, and it is going to be perfect all the way until May or June when you get out. And I don't know what kind of dream sickles you're eating, but that is not how it works. That schedule will change, and honestly, it probably should change as you get new students, as you get to know your current students a little bit better, um, maybe you wanna try some new things with gen ed teachers, whatever it might be, that schedule will change and that's okay. You just have to plan for it, be ready for it, and be flexible. At my school, our special education team works together to create our schedules because we have um, two to three, this year it'll only be two, but in the past we've had three teachers who service our students for academics. We have one teacher who does behavior, and we don't want to go pick up a student for their reading group or their math group and they're on a break or take, you know doing a social skill or whatever. We don't wanna do that, so we don't wanna conflict in our times. So we work together to make sure that everybody is supported. And since we share paraprofessionals, we don't want to also do the same to our paras where they go to show up to push in or to pull out and work on sight words or something like that. And oh, guess what? They already have a break. Sometimes then we can also plan their transition so that they, since the behavior teacher and I um, are right next door to each other, they could be with me maybe for academics and then go next door for a break. Or they could be next door for a break and then their break is over when my group starts. Those kinds of things that if we're working together, we can just make it a little more seamless. A lot of times we are working on that schedule on the second teacher day. Like at our school, we usually go like Monday is a teacher day, Tuesday is a teacher day, and then students come on Wednesday. So a lot of times we're working on that on that Tuesday So we've had the opportunity to talk to our gen ed teachers on Monday. And so before you sit down to make those schedules, that's what I think is one of the most important and also missed step in creating those schedules. You have to talk to your gen ed teachers. You need to have a conversation about their preferences. What are you going to be doing? When do they want them pulled? 
That way they support you. And they're going to give you times that will work, whether it be for push-in or pull-out services. So a lot of times when I'm talking with them, I ask them, what would be like your number one choice? Like if I could pull them out at any time, what would your number one preference be? And But I will need a backup because we are managing a school of almost 700 students. We have a lot of students with IEPs. Their minutes are different, all of the things. So I really need not only one choice, but a second choice for some pullout time. And then push in time. Give me a couple of times when you will use another person. And I don't want it to be where they show up at one o'clock and you have a restroom break at 105. I don't want my people there or myself there to watch a restroom break. That is not ideal to me. So give me a couple of times for push in and a couple of times for pull out so that the special education team can create a schedule that is going to benefit the students and really work with your classroom and really be able to fully support and help both the gen ed teacher and the student. When I'm having that conversation with them too, I also always let them know that, hey, I know it is right before school starts. And yes, you probably have an outline of what and when you're going to do things. But if that changes, just let us know. We are the most flexible group of people around because we teach special ed. We have to be. So just communicate that. Just let us know. And oftentimes we're excited for a change. It's like, yeah, sure, let's try this time so that we can help with that or do this. But they just have to communicate those things. And we usually will be on board and usually we'll do what we can. Or we'll be honest and say, you know, I would love to, but like I just can't make that work because... X, Y, and Z. Once you're with your team and you have that kind of information of when would Mrs. So-and-so like her kids to be pulled? When would Mrs. This and that like to have her students pulled? Once you have all of that, then you can go to the table or for us, we use our dry erase board and be able to really then start making a really good schedule. So what we like to do is across the top of the dry erase board, write times. You could do those in 30 minute increments, 15 minute increments, 10, whatever works. Um, ours kind of changes based on the year, kind of what are specials time starting at? You know, it's hard to put something at 1020 when you've divided things by, you know, 30 minute increments or whatever. So we, across the top of the dry erase board, we'll put all of the times or you know put time increments and on the left hand side we'll put all of the grade levels so starting with kindergarten all the way down to fifth grade then we start plugging in okay well when does kindergarten go to lunch when do they go to recess when do they go to special those kinds of things first grade their lunch recess special second grade lunch recess special anything else that might restrict your schedule maybe you have something additional Jot that in there, put that in so that that's not a time when you are going to be pulling students. In years past, we also had a block of time, a 30 minute block of time for every single grade level to receive ELL services. 
So any classrooms, which at our school is all of them, any classrooms with um, English language learners, they would be pulled for 30 minutes and work on, you know, acquiring English and that kind of thing in their small groups. And that was a fabulous time for me to pull some of my students who were not ELL. That way they weren't missing math, they weren't missing reading or writing or science or social studies. They were missing some enrichment activities that their classroom teacher was doing, but they weren't missing like core brand new instruction. This year, they're changing the model in which they're servicing kids. So that's gonna look a little bit different for us. But either way, that's something that maybe if your school does do something like that, you might want to put those blocks of time so you could pull students during those chunks of time as well. We also have at our school um, an intervention time, which I've seen and heard from a lot of special education teachers that their schools are doing that. And that is the perfect time for you to pull your students because again, they're not missing any core instruction in any, uh, you know, like reading, math, writing, science, social studies, grammar, any of those kinds of things, they're not missing it. So I put those on the board. So in the end, it looks like a very full schedule and we haven't even started determining who's pulling what students and when. Once we kind of have a skeleton of what the day looks like for each grade level, then we start using post-it notes and oftentimes I color code, like if it's reading or if it's math, and I will write different groups on those post-it notes. You could do it by classroom. You could do it by um, how you plan to pull them, which is what I typically do. But I also kind of group my students, like when I place them in a classroom, I also try the year ahead to say, okay, I'm gonna put all, of, you know, these four students make a perfect yellow group. I'm gonna put them in classroom number one. And then these five students make a perfect blue group. I'm gonna put them in classroom number two. I try, oftentimes there are kids that I need to split up or move around. Um, so I can't always do that perfectly, but I try. And I write their names on post-it notes. One color for math, one color for reading. And then I just start figuring out where can those post-it notes actually fit? Where are their 30 minute blocks of time or 20 minutes or whatever you have in their IEP? Where can you start putting them in on the board. And I like using post-it notes because you're going to have to move some things. There might be one time block that you have one group of kids, but then you have a teacher who's saying, well, you can't have them at this time because they go wherever. And so you have to pull off one post-it note and put them in that time block because that's the only one that that particular teacher is willing to budge on. Then you have other teachers who are like, take them whenever you need, it's fine. So it just, I love the post-it notes because you can put it exactly where it needs to be and it, nothing is set in stone at that time. I like to start with pull out services just because those are a little harder to schedule um, because our kids are pulled in so many different directions. Then if you, sh if you have a student who gets speech or OT or PT or any other related services, that's even more time that that student is out of the classroom. So I like to start there so that I know everybody is getting their pullout time and they're getting the full amount of time, not that you're short because, oh gosh, you know, I really only have a 20 minute block, but I owe him 30 minutes. Get that done first. 
Then once again, using another color post-it note, I like to then start putting push in time. Some of those other times where your teachers, remember you've already talked to them about when would they like to have some push in support, then you can start looking at saying, okay, I have you know this teacher asking for 20 minutes here or 30 minutes there. Let's put in my instructional assistant here. I'll go at this time. Oh, this is a teacher that we've worked together for years. I'll go there. Oh, the, my para and this teacher, they have a really good thing going. They like to work together. Put them here. Those are the kinds of things that then you can start to do again with your post-it notes. None of it is set in stone at that moment. And then you can start to see who needs what and when, how can you help, those kinds of things. After you've done all of that, I will tell you there will still be gaps in those schedules, especially, or at least for me, for my paras. So oftentimes then what I do is I will write down the time blocks like, oh gosh, you know, from one o'clock to 1.30, there's an empty spot here for Mrs. So-and-so. Let's email the staff and see, would anybody want to use Mrs. So-and-so from one to 1.30? Oftentimes I have three or four different chunks of time like that. And then it never fails. Y'all already told me your pick of times, you know, and then I email these five times and I have 10 replies of, oh, I'll take her at this time. I'll take her at this time. And it's like, where were y'all speaking up when I was originally making this schedule? Which is totally fine. Sometimes we also use those blocks of time for pulling students in a like one-on-one or a two-on-one setting so that they can just drill some decodable words or some sight words or writing sentences or working on math facts, some very tailored things where in that say one to one thirty time, maybe it's just 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, and they get through three students or maybe six students or somewhere in between because they're working one-on-one or two-on-one. So sometimes those little gaps in push-in time is totally, completely okay and maybe even a little desirable, something that you do want. For me, a lot of that was focused on academics. And so from there, then our speech teacher, behavior support teacher, things like that, then they can start looking at that big schedule and say, okay, well, if you're going to have them at this time, I could pull them at that time. If you're going to have them here, I could have them there. If they're going to be next door, send them over to me afterwards. And, And all of those things so that we can really start working on getting a schedule that works for everybody. And from there, it's trial and error. You have to dive in. You've got to do something and see what works. Find the kinks. Even though you have taken everything into account. Okay, you know, here's when their lunch is. Here's when their recess is. This is when they're doing, you know, going to special. This is when they're doing ELL time, whatever. You will still screw something up. There will still be something that like, oh gosh, they're just getting back from special, which is all well and good, but then they're all using the restroom and then it takes them forever to go put their art supplies up and whatever. So there will still be kinks. There will still be some things that you'll need to work out, but you at least have a starting point. 
the last couple of years, we've been using Google Sheets for our schedules because you can then kind of like merge boxes together. You can unmerge them if things change. And I'll be sharing a template in the show notes so that if you want to make a copy of that, you can. And then since it's your copy, you can tweak and add and change things as you need it. And in that template, I also, instead of writing the times across the top of the dry erase board and the grade levels on the side, last year we stole from our master schedule and made our own so that it's already there and we just projected it on our dry erase board. So I'll include that in the template if that is something that you're wanting or that you wanna take a look at. Feel free to tweak it, it's your copy, do with it what you want. And then we add different tabs at the bottom of who's doing what. That way, if I am looking at changing my schedule, then I can say, oh gosh, I can't put her at this time because Andrea is going to have them for behavior. Or, oh, I can't do that because Sarah is going to have them for speech. So it is nice if you're going to start making any moves. And then that's also something that then like, Our OT we share with the district, so I can share that with our OT. Or if somebody walks in and says, hey, do you know where Sarah is, which is the lady that I share my room with, sometimes I don't know where she is, but I can at least pull up that schedule and say, well, I think she should be headed to fifth grade or coming from fifth grade or she'll be back in five minutes or or whatever. That way we all kind of are on the same page. We kind of have an idea of what the others are doing um, and can make our changes as needed from there. All right, my friend, good luck with all of your scheduling. Be sure to grab that template um, in the show notes. That way you can give it a whirl, make a copy, see how it goes. And then I will see you next week where we will talk about your calendar. Well, my friend, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to the Resource Room Podcast. I truly, truly love to help and support other special ed teachers. Because of that, I run a Facebook group just for us. Search the resource room and request to join. You can also check out my website, theprimarygal.com for blog posts, pictures, and more information. Until next time, have a great week.